So today we're talking to Alexander. Hi, Alexander. Uh, hello, Jacek. Hello. Uh, and um, so Alexander is software engineer at Grammarly. Uh, but we're not going to talk about Grammarly today. We're going to talk about uh, another topic, which is configuration. Uh, since you created one of the libraries for configuration. Um, so how about we start even with, like, why do we even have configuration? Yeah, yeah, right. So uh, configuration, the way, the way we define it today, is um, basically some external, external factors outside of your application that... Um, change the behavior of your application without changing the source code. And uh, we usually, when we talk about configuration, we mean uh, things like environment variables and command line uh, parameters, uh, mm -hmm. maybe files, things like that. And uh, basically, we have these things so that we, like I said, can change the behavior of the application once it's compiled, once it's written and packaged in some way, but then we want to tune it uh, before we run it or sometimes even during the runtime. So that's, mm -hmm. that's configuration. Mm -hmm. Right. And this normally would start, would happen at the very beginning of the application, right? We would read some kind of, as you mentioned, like environment variables or configuration files or anything like this. And this will feed the startup process of our application. Yeah. Usually it's done like that, not required to be done like that, but that's, that's how people usually do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the library you created is called Omniconf. Uh, mm -hmm. Should we start to talk about this, or would there be anything else specific for like configuration basics one on one or something like that? Yeah, I think that's pretty enough. Yeah, cool. Um, so, how about Omniconf? Uh, there is a couple of different libraries for configuration in Clojure. Um, I don't actually remember all of the names. Um, but there is the Conti, or I don't remember. Yeah, there, there is Enveron, which is one of the most used ones. Mm -hmm. Then there is Iro by Juxt, mm -hmm. and um, a few, a few else. Right. Um, so what's special about Omniconf, and why did you create your own library? Why not using anything that existed? Yeah, right. Uh, so there are indeed a lot of configuration libraries uh, available for Clojure, and I think there is, there is a reason for that, and that is basically like all the things that I listed, the environment variables and uh, command line parameters and files, uh, you, you actually have uh, the ability to use all of that immediately just in bare closure or Java environment. You have your mm -hmm. system slash get for environment variables, and you have, uh, you get command line parameters Mm -hmm. command line arguments passed to you um, into the main main function. Uh, and obviously, you can read files as well. So um, in some sense, you don't even need a configuration li library at all. Mm -hmm. you, can just, uh, you can just work with what the, uh, the basic runtime gives you. Uh, but then it's like you want some extra convenience around mm -hmm. being able to access that configuration. And uh, that convenience can be quite opinionated. Uh, so some people want one thing, others want a different thing. And since there are like no, there is no uh, hard work involved in uh, working working with those configuration sources. It's very easy to write your own library. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and uh, that's basically what I did back in the day. So it was it was kind of a, a little bit of bike shedding, a little bit of yak shaving, and also uh, solving some of the problems. So the the, intre- the interesting part is that OmniConf actually started as a common list library when I joined Grammarly some years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still had plenty of common list projects, and uh, all of them used this. Uh, kind of ad hoc mix of accessing different configuration sources in this haphazard way. And uh, it, was, it was a little bit similar in different projects and also at the same time different uh, in some way. And uh, since I just joined and I couldn't really tackle the, the hard problems, like the actual, actual things that make uh, sense and are important important things mm-hmm. i went with this uh, bike shedding of um kind of trying to unify how all of those common list projects uh access the configuration and work with it and in common list there was no such library at the time or at least i couldn't find it so again and it was very easy to write one and i went mm-hmm. with that and uh, then when i came back to closure development uh kind of i figured out that there are some libraries already that kind of deal with configuration but i was already used to do it my way so it was mm-hmm. natural to rewrite it to closure and it was very very easy rewrite uh so the question what uh what exactly i wanted to see in a configuration library that mm-hmm. uh was not available in the existing ones I'll probably start with saying how OmniConf um, handles things, like what what is the mindset of using OmniConf. Um, if you if you let's say take environment variables, they are nice uh, because they are available everywhere in your program. So at any point of time during the execution of your program, you can uh, just call to system get env and grab the value from the environment, the value uh, the, the value of environment variable. And on one hand, it is convenient, but on the other hand, uh, it leads to this situation where uh, without, let's say, reading through the whole of source code or without grabbing through it, uh, there is no, re- no real way to tell which configuration the application supports. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it may become a problem even for the developer of the application, let alone like other people who come to work on the application or maybe uh, users who uh, just start, just run the application without without dealing with the source code. Um, So from the configuration library, I wanted something like uh, where you upfront declare all of the configuration. You say uh, which, uh, which configuration keys your program supports. And uh, from there, like only after that, you can use the actual values. So that's that's in contrast to the approach that uh, many I, other libraries take uh, when when dealing with uh, configuration. And that's that approach is not new. I mean, that's pretty uh, much the same as uh, the libraries that deal just with command line arguments do, right? So we have tools.cli or its uh, its counterparts in any other programming language, uh, they 
they all use this approach that you upfront define some sort of spec of what command line uh, parameters are used um, by your application. And then there is this explicit parsing stage where the flat list of configuration uh, of CLI values, so to say, are transformed into, into something more structural. And after that, you can use it, right? And it's, it's a funny thing because this happens exactly because uh, these command line arguments arrive into your application as this flat list, and it's very inconvenient to use it uh, straight away, right? You, you don't want to search, search this list of strings to uh, figure out some key that you're looking for and then like take the value right next to it. Uh, so that's why there is this parsing stage involved. And because of that, since you're already doing parsing, you it doesn't make sense to keep all the values as strings the way they came in, right? So you want mm -hmm. to probably parse them into more relevant data values like numbers or keywords. Right. And with environment variables, uh, for example, since that kind of, of configuration is already kind of structured, it's it, it seems like a map, right? At least you can get the value for, for a key. And uh, that's why usually people don't do this explicit parsing, uh, mm -hmm. parsing step. But since they don't do it explicitly at the beginning, they have to do it later at uh, point of views, right? So if mm -hmm. you have if you have an environment variable called port, and presumably it's a number, so you fetch it from the environment, and it is a string, right? Right, and uh, you have to turn it to a number now, so you casually call integer parse int on it, right? But then it can fail, and it can blow blow up uh, as an exception uh, to the user with the big stack trace that says number format exception. And it's probably not something that you want to present to a user if, well, I mean, the user of the application, whoever, whoever uh, starts it. And uh, so I wanted something to, uh, to be more, uh, like more user-friendly in that mm -hmm. way. And uh, that's, that's the core idea that OmniConf is designed around. Right. So you define a scheme of the configuration that is supported mm -hmm. and together with some short descriptions uh, that are later used to generate uh, a helpful help message and mm -hmm. uh, data types and uh, some some other things might uh, delve into later but yeah that's that's the core idea of omniconf Right, so being very explicit about like what is your configuration data, creating some kind of like, well, I would not call it spec, but some kind of description of what it is, what kind of type it is, and if it's required or not, or something like this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, once you define it, um, once you define the spec, then you can pull different, we, we call it uh, configuration sources, mm -hmm. uh, pull different sources, that is environment variables, command line arguments, uh, files, uh, mm -hmm. Java properties, and uh, they all um, come into configuration kind of unified. So all of those names, they map onto closure keywords. And uh, in the end, like once you, you've done this population phase mm -hmm. uh, and verification phase, you just take, uh, you just take the keyword port 
from the configuration and you don't care whether it came from the environment variable, uh, port all caps, or whether it came from CLI arguments as dash dash port uh, and so on. Mm-hmm. So that unification is another, uh, another goal of OmniConf to make developers' life a bit easier. So I assume this configuration is held in, I don't know, in a global atom somewhere. And then if you need to get anything out of there, you just have like a helper function to just get this stuff out or? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was the initial design decision that I right now maybe not so happy about, but uh, the configuration state is indeed hold, uh, is held in uh, in an atom, mm-hmm. and uh, which means you don't need uh, to hold onto anything when you want to access the configuration, you just call uh, mm-hmm. omniconf.core slash get, and uh, you provide provide the key or keys uh, to, to to get the configuration from. And uh, maybe maybe at some point uh, I will rethink this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some requests to make this more like to make this configuration state uh, more reified, so that you can have uh, several several configuration atoms creatable at demand, uh, all with different specs, but uh, haven't come to, to that quite yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think what's also interesting about OmniConf, you not only support uh, sort of those local things that we could talk about, the files, the environment variables, uh, there is also support for AWS System Manager. Uh, yes, so uh, it comes as a separate sublibrary that you have to add onto your dependencies, and then you can use the uh, SSM functionality. But if you don't need it, for example, if you don't use AWS, and obviously you have no need in uh, that dependency, then you just don't include it, and uh, you're not paying for it anyhow. Omnicon itself has no dependencies, so it's very, a very slim uh, dependency by itself. At some point uh, during the usage of OmniConf and Grammarly, uh, we came to this problem of um, supplying, uh, let's, let's call them like secret secret configuration values, uh, mm-hmm. which are usually some passwords or some keys. Uh, right. can API think about, keys. Yeah, API keys. And uh, obviously, if you like, if you put them into a file or I don't know some um, parameter uh, in the CI job, uh, it usually leaves a trace somewhere and uh, it's, it's not a very secure way to, uh, to, to do that. Uh, so what we decided to use instead uh, was uh, Amazon has this thing called SSM. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember uh, what the abbreviation stands for, simple service management, something like that. And it, it has this kind of sub project called parameter store. Uh, which is very simple key value storage, so to say. And mm-hmm. uh, one thing that it supports, it you can mark um, you can mark a value as uh, secure, secure value or secret value, something like that. Uh, but basically, like it's um, Amazon advertises this thing as a solution to to providing providing uh, secrets. Uh, secret parts of the configuration to your program. Mm-hmm. And Amazon actually, it has, um, this parameter store has integration with other Amazon subsystems. So uh, you don't even have to use uh, Omnicon, for example, to, to leverage that Amazon can 
kind of inject these secrets as envir environment variables uh, for your program. But that's, that's another way to use it. And mm -hmm. what we did, I um, added the support for this parameter store to Omniconf. And uh, Omniconf can now pull these values um, out of SSM again during the startup of your program or like whenever you choose, but usually it's during the startup. And now your configuration can, uh, yeah, it can be not just local, but uh, it can live on uh, Amazon server mm -hmm. and uh, be more secure that way. Right. So, uh, is there any like dynamic part in here? So, how how do you or how do you wait for like the connection and everything like that? Yeah, um, Omnicon just uses uh, AWS Java SDK libraries to work with uh, with this SSM thing, mm -hmm. and uh, SSM itself it's it's very basic. You just um, there is no uh, let's say. Um, there are no callbacks involved. You, you just you just pull. That's pull this thing. Basically, you tell you the the pass, mm -hmm. and uh, it comes back with a value or values if uh, if if you ask for some uh, pass higher in the hierarchy, so to say. Uh, but it's it's HTTP call and HTTP request, and we just assume that uh, it will succeed. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, that's how it works. Cool. Um, so if I'm coming to this library as a new user, what are the things that I should look out for? Or is there anything that you maybe encounter that people don't get initially? Uh, yeah, so I think that the readme covers, uh, most of the use cases, mm -hmm. or let's say most of the features that Omniconf can uh, provide to you. Uh, it has an example of usage, which is uh it's very straightforward you define the spec mm -hmm. then you perform this uh these population stages so you say um fill the configuration from from environment variables from cli arguments uh, maybe from some file and uh you get to define the order in which you fill fill in those uh in which you pull these configuration sources mm -hmm. so in that way you can uh, sort of Define the priorities between your configuration sources. So if you if you pull the environment variables last, then it means that uh, a user can overwrite uh, the configuration set from other sources with environment variables and so on. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, you for example can pull in the CLI arguments first, and then in them you can look for let's say the pass to the config file and then use that config file as the next configuration source to, to pull mm -hmm. values from. Mm -hmm. And uh, once you've uh, done that step, once you've uh, populated the internal configuration state with all these sources, you call the final function uh, verify, uh, which does a couple of things actually. So in, in that spec, there are multiple things you can define for each configuration uh, key. You can, for example, say that it is required. And mm -hmm. uh, in that way, the configuration library Omniconf will uh, throw an error if, if that key is missing after, after you've pulled all the configuration sources. Mm -hmm. And that error will hopefully be more informative than if you just uh, let's say passed a nail to some internal function and it blew up. 
so that, that's one of the goals to verify the configuration early and uh, be as, uh, as specific and as helpful as possible for mm -hmm. the user if the user did misconfigure it. So saying that something is required is one thing and uh, it's a bit more flexible than just true or false. You can use that, but you can also say that, uh, okay, this configuration key is required only if some other part of configuration is set to to specific value. And that, that is uh, sometimes useful. Or you can add some sort of verifiers saying, all right, if this configuration uh, key expects a file, then we want this file to exist. You can say that with Omniconf, again, getting a helpful helpful error message if, um, if the application was misconfigured. Uh, so all those things are checked during this verify stage. Again, the data types, we verify that everything is parsed correctly and, and so on and so forth. And once that happens, the, you as a programmer can now use uh, Omniconf get to fetch the values, to fetch, mm -hmm. to fetch the, the values by their keys. Also Omniconf supports nested configuration and uh, that is, Again, sometimes convenient, so mm -hmm. that, for example, if you want to uh, to add two uh, two configuration keys to your program, say database host and database port, uh, of course you can write them flat out. Database host and database port, two separate right. values, but you can also say I have this key database, which is itself a nested a nested map, which has the keys mm -hmm. host and port, and uh, to the users that supplies the configuration, uh, providing these two will be like, the changes will be minimal in the name of the keys. And as the user, uh, you as a developer that uses that values later, um, you can navigate that nested configuration later. You, for example, can just say, get me the configuration by the key database and you get a map of host and port, right. or you can, uh, specify the whole pass or any part of it uh, to to get the configuration. Uh, so yeah, that's that's another another part that uh, users can use. And uh, yeah, but most of it is in the README. I think it, mm -hmm. that one file just uh, covers pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. um, are there any drawbacks by using this library? Is there anything that you can share here? Um, Apart from being peonated, uh, meaning that it is written like I wanted it to see, mm -hmm. and uh, maybe it's uh, compared to more traditional and trivial approach, so to say, where you just pull things out of the environment, uh, it might look a little bit uh, heavyweight regarding the, the process, the uh, kind of dancing around it, writing this spec for a configuration. Uh, whereas you could just uh, pull the values straight away. Uh, it, might, it might feel a little bit too much ceremony, but from my experience, you just end up doing that anyway, uh, mm -hmm. at some point or another, just not, not during specifying your configuration, but at the point where you try to use it and uh, you do all those, songs, all those things uh, yourself, like parsing and validation and crafting and nicer yeah. error messages and things like that. Um, so apart from that, um, 
will not hurt you to to try it out to see if uh, if the approach suits you, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, see what it can do for you. Mm -hmm. And if I'm a user and I have any questions, what are the best channels to reach out and? Get um, yeah, probably GitHub issues and pull requests uh, will be the best channel. Um, just straight out open an issue and I will try to respond in a timely manner. Cool. Yeah. One, one more thing I wanted to actually uh, cover yeah. uh, was this SSM thing that, uh, that we've added uh, not so long ago. Also comes uh, another feature of OmniConf, mm -hmm. uh, which is um, dynamic reconfiguration. And uh, that one actually, again, came from necessity um, because sometimes like with uh, all those static configuration sources like environment variables and files, uh, most of the time they don't change, right? So right. that way you view configuration, something that starts at the beginning of your program and then you can just forget about changing it. You can treat, treat your, your configuration as uh, not changing ever, uh, but sometimes, especially if we talk about uh, some long-running services, if we uh, if we talk about uh, yeah, like applications that run on the servers, and those are let's say quite heavyweight, so that you don't want to redeploy them too often, or like uh, overall the the restarting step is is not free basically, uh, then it sometimes is uh, helpful to be uh, to be able to change the configuration on the fly. And that's what uh, OmniConf supports right now with this configuration uh, source uh, coming from AWS. Uh, you can set, uh, you can tell OmniConf to pull SSM periodically, let's say every 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. And uh, see if there are any changes to configuration and if there are then update the internal configuration state accordingly and um, of course you have to code your program around it as well so let's say if uh, if the port value changes uh, in the configuration it will not magically restart your app server on a different port so you have to if, if you wanted that, you, you'd have to uh, to write your program uh, accordingly. But some things uh, like, for example, some uh, downstream uh, URLs, for example, the, the URLs of downstream services, uh, if you are taking them from the configuration uh, state every time, then you can on the fly redirect your running application mm -hmm. to, to a different URL and uh, it, uh, proves to be quite convenient many times. We, we use that to, to change the URLs, like I mentioned. Uh, we use that to do some uh, more technical A-B testing, so to say, so that we can redirect fractions of traffic to different URLs and we can change this, uh, this value, this ratio of, of the fraction on the fly without restarting the app and like doing doing that very granular steps. Mm -hmm. And uh, it becomes possible to do that because if we had to restart and redeploy and restart uh, the application every time we want to change something, then the process becomes much more heavyweight and uh, much slower. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a feature 
that we used uh, we we use uh, quite heavily heavily mm -hmm. and uh, I'm happy that we have that uh, and uh, basically it's available to to other people as well. Right. Mm -hmm. um, will Will there be anything else uh, to mention talk about when it comes to Omniconf? Yeah, I think I think I covered the most important parts of it, mm -hmm. and uh, it's. Yeah, it's interesting because it's it's quite a simple thing, like like many configuration libraries. It's very uh, it's very trivial in its implementation, and uh, it's surprising to me um, how much value uh, it can bring it, it brings to me every day, uh, given how trivial it is. It's probably one of the of the most uh, value to effort that is the the project with the highest value to effort ratio i've ever mm -hmm. written and uh yeah quite happy about it uh go check it out um maybe you'll like it too cool absolutely well thank you so much for taking the time and talking about omniconf thank uh, you thank you for having me yeah absolutely all right thanks Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, consider supporting it by rating on the platform you're listening to, sharing with others and supporting it directly by buying some video courses and learning ClojureScript and Clojure. You can check out the courses at jacekshe.com. That is J-A-C-K-S-C-H-A-E.com. Thanks.